Welcome to We Are Curious Cumbria, a community podcast exploring the connections between people, place and nature over the passage of time. You're listening to my friend and neighbour, Mark. And my friend, B. summer break at taking stock if you like while our community group decides what direction we're going to take to become a charity or a social enterprise for example Uh, and we've been busy putting together a public rights of way survey of a local area and lots of ongoing historical research has become pretty much a a full-time occupation for Mark and I. But now we're back and in the first podcast of the autumn season we're highlighting two events that took place recently. Gilcruz and District Social Fund is a community organisation that hosts around four events each year for the local residents, including day trips in which over 60s travel free of charge and gain free entry into whatever attraction the groups are visiting. There are also fundraising events such as pub quizzes and treasure hunts. Concerning the day trips, well, over 60s go free, Anyone over the age of 18 is welcome for a small donation. The aim of the social fund is essentially to bring people together, addressing issues such as isolation, loneliness, but there's there's a chance to meet up as neighbours, as friends, but also to make new friends because, as we know, new people are moving to the area all of the time. On Wednesday this week, the group had a day out to Windermere visiting... Blackwell, the Arts and Crafts House, designed by Bailey Scott, a breathtaking house which retains many of its original decorative features and has superb views over Windermere and the Coniston Fells. At Blackwell, we were also treated to an exhibition of contemporary sculpture by Halima Cassell, famous for her intricate and beautiful ceramic pieces. Now, there are people who live in our little Cumbrian village who are very close to Halima, relations of Halima's in fact, so that made this trip extra special as we were joined by two of them. After Blackwell, we visited the Lakeland Motor Museum, feasting our eyes on a unique collection of over 30,000 exhibits, 140 classic cars and motorbikes, for example. But the collection is presented in a social context curated to awaken some special motoring memories. 
We enjoyed lunch at Café Ambio, just next door to the museum, and then our coach dropped us off at Newby Bridge, and we took a 45-minute cruise on Lake Windermere. The weather, well, it was a perfect October day of sunlight with a wee nip in the air, an ever-changing sky, autumnal colours. I loved it, everyone loved it. To be a tourist for the day, what a real shot in the arm, just what I needed. After we disembarked at Bowness, we walked north of the village to the £20 million Windermere Jetty Museum, Conservation Workshop and Boatyard. A gem of a building that's a living, working place, celebrating the skills that have been part of the area for generations. Here's an ambient soundscape of our experience. It's about 10 minutes long. And we've made this as a kind of oral history piece for the people who came along to experience once again the creaking floorboards of Blackwell, the slosh of the water on Lake Windermere, the fun we all had.
Oh, we've got the bay front. Yeah. Oh, we've got the riff map at the back, are they? No, halfway. Amazing thing. Amazing things, crafts and things. A lot of work. All that wood yeah. polish. A lot of work. <laughs> Years of work. In there. Yeah, it was lovely. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Enjoyed the coffee, well. Yeah, I had the orange cake. Oh, oh it's gone. You have to cut Lovely oh. scones. That's all made, I would think. They were lovely. This fire engine is at the smaller end of the Dennis range, known as the 250 gallon type, part of the amount of water it can pump in a minute. Yeah, it was sold for £807 and 10 shillings. Which one would you get in high on the if you were smelling the old? Yeah, you can smell the old leather. Saying there's some money's worth in here. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a DDA complaint about the newspaper. Oh, wow. Perhaps you know what I'm saying. I've got something that's. They could have to have something to protect, to protect it. all this lot. Because they wouldn't just yeah. leave it like this. God, I know. Oh, I wouldn't go above the telephone wires. Uh, well, I wouldn't even go in that, to no, be honest. Oh, no, no, not that basket. Well. It's amazing. I've got a piece of food in my garage, similar to that. As well, this is near mine. There would have been more village ones outside, um, you know, <coughs> to Mrs. Uh, and Mrs. Clark, because I mind when they put, turned that into a petrol station, you know, mm -hmm. that I can mind them digging it out. I'm talking about Mrs. Clark, or what? Yeah, this is buried, don't they? You don't take it out normally. No, 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 it's just, they never took the tanks out, they're still there. I got it from work when uh, it was in work and action when I started in 1964 and as just been a 15 year old I had the job of filling all the trucks and wagons with wine and this Oh, it's absolutely wonderful, Lisa. Yeah, this is my. I think if we lived closer, they would be a volunteer, but we wouldn't have it at one of these. Yeah, I can remember um, my aunties lived the other side of Henry, I mean, well, my granny at the time. And um, the only way to get to Penrith was via Doctor's Brow. And it was all right going down, but when we were coming home at night, the thing would hardly pull up the hill. 
Oh, this looks good. I know. I was just saying, yeah. I've got. I used to have tons of records. Like yeah, me too. Oh my god, all the blasts in the past. I'm it. The Afghan coat. Oh, I know. I loved. I, I still like them even now. I do as well. Crumpling dresses. Yeah. There's a car. It's a Messerschmitt. Oh, that little. One. Oh, oh, well. It's so sweet. Oh, is it? Um, yeah, I think it's Yeah, I don't think it will fit in, but that's it. It's for the. Was it James Bond one or not? Yeah, there's something like that. Did you have a look at the propeller on the back? 1974 Citroen. The suspension? The suspension, yeah. It was uh, hydro-pneumatic. Have you seen that on Windermere? It'd be, it'd be funny, wouldn't it? You can see the propellers. That's what they put the mirror down there. Yeah, the propellers are there. The tools in the, in the all the garages, the things, and I remember using them. And not that long ago either, really, eh? And then to cap it all, come on the way out, we've got a Capri in there that I had. Two point eight injection, I said they were good. I said they were well in there, I said, by God, it makes you feel all good. Cars in museums that I I nice feel like tourists. Yes, it is. It's a novelty. Yeah, it is. I feel like a kid on the road. Yeah, it is. It's just a lot of kids on the road. It's a lot of kids on the road. It's a lot of Oh, I love you, boy. I can't 
nourishing, isn't it? It's nourishing. So beautiful. So We're all at the top next to the flight. Hello. Are you having a nice day? It's fabulous. We are H-A-P-P-Y. We are H-A-P-P-Y. We are H-A-P-P-Y. We are the main fish caught commercially in times gone by is the trout, which is now one of the rarest fish in the UK. There are many other species of fish in the lake, including perch, pike, trout, carp, as well as petrol eels. Seasonal visitors like salmon and lamprey also ascend the river lake. Ladies and gentlemen, have I covered everybody? <laughs> no comment. So, I hope you've enjoyed the day for a start. And uh, this is, that, that's the happy bit. The difficult bit is the exam now. Now you've all got a piece of paper which asks you for feedback. All I will say is you don't get off the bus unless you fill it in. <laughs> Does it matter if it's all screwed up? No, that's part of it. She got, somebody's got spares here. Got some spares. Anyway, that's part of it. Screwed up at the bus and back now. Yeah, that's all fine, as long as you can... Disorganised Seriously though, please do, because we need to provide that feedback to our grant providers initially, and of course to ourselves. Because if you hate it every minute of the day, we'll have to think again for next year. We're going to do a repeat exactly the same. Okay, now uh, everybody's going all the way out there. There's no drop-offs anywhere. Uh, there are some road, road diversions which I understand we have to avoid. Yes, there's somebody, a representative here from uh, a public house in Gilcruz who is uh, hiding. <laughs> Who suggests if you'd like to repair to the Masons, uh, you will be welcome when you get home. Actually, it's essential and you can't go home without it. <laughs> She's a school teacher, take no notice. <laughs> Every do the hundred lines, do not go. <laughs> okay, everybody, so off we go. Thank you. Well done, John. Now I'm going to sing. <laughs> no, thank you. Marcus, someone with a wee bit of a background, academically at least, in museum and exhibition design. We've been chatting just now, haven't we, about how the Motor Museum is curated with nostalgia very much at the forefront of what they do. And I mean nostalgia as in what you and I can remember, what we can relate to, and that's what makes it work, right? Well, yes, the past, as they say, is another country, and we are all of us, to some extent, refugees from those lost lands. Um, and I think, historically, um, generations share um, experiences over a greater period of time. So if you, if you imagine there's a lot of people there from sub-60 to over 80, uh, we remember a lot of the things 
the same things in a way that perhaps later generations wouldn't. Like the cars that were new in the 1950s, we still remember from the 70s and 80s because as kids we had old cars, or you know. So there's a lot of memories of you know childhood holidays or being a teenager with your first car. Um, and of course, you've got all those things like the clothes shops and the, the toy shops. And I think there's a little bit of magic for everybody there. And what did you make of the Jetty Museum? It's a lovely place. Again, a lot of memories for people there. In the centre of the room um, is the Branksome, a Victorian steam pleasure boat built in 1896 by George Brockbank, local boat builder of repute. Um, in complete contrast to that, you've got Beatrix Potter's rowing boat, which is made out of old floorboards. Absolutely brilliant, wasn't it? I love the design of the place uh, and the way that, you know, it, it, is, a, it is a conservation boatyard as, as much as anything else. Yeah, and, and some of those boats you can actually go out on trips with the ones in the boathouse. That's, can, that's definitely something yeah. you want to do, a heritage boat trip. Yeah. Okay, next up on Saturday, 16th of October, Mark and I visited a community centre in Denton Home, Carlisle, at the request of Paul Thompson, a creative, a doer, a facilitator, great at bringing people together. And a project Paul's involved in each year brings together a Carlisle community for a free meal and a plethora of workshops and events like Let's start a community choir, let's start a community podcast, let's show our friends how we can cook a delicious meal on a shoestring budget. At this event, we met lots of inspirational people and were lucky enough to talk to three of them. Phil Hewitson, the filmmaker, poet, small press publisher. Alan Scott, something of a polymath. He cooks, he sings in choirs, he volunteers, he's been a businessman and he's recently become a counsellor. And we were going to talk mainly about food because he cooked the delicious meal we enjoyed. However, we ended up talking about Alan's experience of having a stroke eight years ago. Let me tell you, this is a story you need to hear. And then finally, we had a conversation with Eden McIntyre, writer, director, script editor, all-round amazing person, who, together with Phil Hewitson, is, no, will revolutionise the art scene in Carlisle. After you've listened to these three incredible people, listen up for some important dates for your diary if you'd like to be involved in what they're up to. So, yeah, first up, here's Phil Hewitson talking, among other subjects, about our beloved mutual friends Paul Thompson, who organised and hosted the event, the late Nick Pemberton, author and poet, the late Margaret White, also a poet, the wonderful Annie Kendall, a poet who lives in Cockermouth, the multi-talented Loki, who is making electronic music and drawing and designing right now. Loki lives in Carlisle. And the Source Collective, a long-standing venue in Carlisle where all kinds of good things happen. Yeah, I'm Phil Hewitson and I'm a, allegedly a poet and a writer and a filmmaker and all sorts. And I host the Speakeasy Poetry and Spoken Word Open Mic, which happens on the last Wednesday of the month at the Source Collective in Denton Home. Get all sorts of wonderful writing and uh, work that people have written themselves and songs and it's usually a great old night. Paul drifts in every now and again and listens and occasionally reads work and 
comes along and supports the event, like the wonderful chap that he is. And Loki's one of the regulars as well. Loki is the groove shaman. They're amazing. They, uh, the stuff they do is just mind-blowing. It's sort of electronica music mostly, but it's just magic. Yeah, very, I mean, there's a lot of talented people locally, and that's why something like Speakeasy is so good, because it gives them a platform and a showcase, but it's a very safe space for people to showcase what they're doing. I think a lot of people are quite quite quiet and quite shy, and I think uh, it takes a lot to get up and read your work in front of a group of people, but you always get a round of applause and people are appreciative. And it's such a varied night because you can get off-the-wall experimental stuff, you can get songs, all sorts of music, flash fiction, short stories, and poetry. I mean, you can have poetry is, is from the likes of Wordsworth all the way through to rap music and Dylan-esque. There is a Facebook page for uh, the Source Collective, and I think there's a website as well. Dan Russell uh, owns it, and, and Poppy and Robert and the team there are wonderful. We run it, and they're doing events all the time. It's really happening. There's a lot of really cool stuff going on there. And it's great because it's a hub, and there's not that many in Carlisle, so it has to be treasured, really, because it's such a, a vibrant scene. We need to keep these things because they're good for the soul. I think we found that out in the pandemic. All the theatres closed, a lot of the gigs were cancelled, art sort of was taken away. But also, the archives were opened up. There were lots of events digitally that people could take part in. and uh, It was the first thing that people flooded back to once we were able to, was live events. And there's so much choice now because there's so many things going on. People are still relishing in what they couldn't have. You know. I'm a filmmaker based in uh, Carlisle. I run uh, a very small uh, filmmaking company, Tolivar Productions. And then I sort of stumbled into poetry kind of by accident, mostly because of uh, uh, my dear friend Nick Pemberton, who sadly passed away a number of years ago now. He ran Speakeasy and we were working on several projects. We had to deliver a project that we were doing called Fryram, which was a, a big pan-European cultural exchange sort of project with the Goethe Institute with the main backers behind it. And we had a, a wonderful event in um, the university. There were all sorts of groups and artists and local uh, creative people involved and Syrian refugees and the people at Blue Jam Arts were there as well and, and lots of our poets and writers from Speakeasy and weirdly our theme was isolation and how to overcome isolation I think it was a fallout from Brexit and all those kinds of things at the time and uh, ironically during the pandemic we were confronted with isolation of another kind but I think we've found those ways of overcoming isolation and, and also of celebrating freedom, which is what this Fly Ram, this Sphere of Freedom project was all about. And then uh, along with that, I stumbled into publishing. Nick had set up a small publishing company, Hold You Press, and we published predominantly anthologies of the Speakeasy Poets' work and also independent standalone collections of poets and writers. Most of them are local. Annie Kendall is, is, uh, is, I would say, Annie Kendall is a legend. 
she went. Uh, she started the uh, Poets Out Loud group that meet on the second Wednesday of every month in Cockermouth, and that's still going at the uh, Kirgate Arts Centre. A really lovely project that happened was doing a collection of poems inspired by the works of and letters of John Keats that the poet John Hegley had got in touch about. And he'd done a couple of online workshops with Cold You Press and the Speakeasy Poets during the pandemic. John Hegley's, you know, a really well-known name in the poetry scene, and he—it was really a privilege that he would approach Cold You Press to publish this collection of work, and it provided a real connection between him and the community of poets and, and, and folk musicians locally as well, because he's been up a couple of times to promote the book and also connect with the Carlisle folk experience that Gene Hill runs and he's done a couple of concerts with the band The Errant Thieves. He's such a, a supportive, uh, such a supportive writer and, and a lovely musician and, and he's, he'll be coming up again soon, I think, in December, so keep an eye out for, uh, for that. He was up at Maddie Pryor's Folk Festival in May, the Forgotten Lands Festival, which was a great event, and he did a wonderful workshop as well. I remember Margaret and Peter Fondley, who would come along to Speakeasy, and I actually managed to get a recording, a video of her reading a poem about a uh, witch. It was a Halloween special. It's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. She had a wonderful ability of being able to memorize her poems and just doing it off the top of her head. And we were always in awe of her for doing that, I mean, it's just amazing. The Brampton Poets have got this anthology coming out soon, Beyond Borders, so hopefully that'll be in time for the Christmas rush. Yeah, well, we, I mean, basically, we're trying to get people to show, show them that they can make things that are nice, um, but they don't take a lot of making, don't take a lot of time. Because the people tend to now do everything because they think it takes too long. But really, if you, if you take the time to do it, it doesn't take any longer than putting it in a microwave thing. And with these costs of living these days, you've got to make things stretch out. I made 30 portions for that cheese bake, for that cream bake, for 30 people, it cost us £25. So, you know, it's like 10 or 15 pence a plate. But I work for the... Um, Forget we're doing breakfasts on a Monday for the homeless and the people with not short of money as well. Eight years ago, sort of, things changed in life, so... I mean, I had a, I had a brain hemorrhage. And I'd lost a massive... I had a massive stroke. So I'd lost my business and everything. So it took eight years, but I'm OK now. 2014, and I'm 62 now. So... I'm 62. <laughs> so we help with the stroke, stroke club as well. Um, people need to know when they have a stroke, and it's a big one. They need to under they need to understand that there's more to life. If if you persevere and you try and you don't give up, that there is a, another light at the end of that tunnel. I, I sort of I was in the hospital for about four about four and a half months because I had to learn how to walk and talk and everything because I couldn't speak and I couldn't walk I couldn't do anything and then I came out of the hospital and the trouble is when, when you come that bridge between leaving hospital and then trying to trying to live in the, in the real world it's pretty scary especially if you can't your speech isn't as good as it is and if because I had to I had to talk with little tiny words 
um, because I, it's all I could work I could only could work out how to say it. And then when they asked you to do a, a benefit over the telephone, and you can't talk to people now, they do it over telephones. You know, you get, you're lost. And they say, well, if you can't talk to people on the phone, you won't get your benefits. Everything is challenged. Yeah, well, I finished the degree this year. I was counselling two days per week. I went to Newcastle and did the counselling course. It took me a lot of... It took me to do the degree a lot harder than for other people because when I when I still do it now when I write things I can write a whole pa paragraph of something and then I'll read it and it doesn't really make a lot of sense so I have to rewrite it and go back it again and do it again so when it takes somebody a week to write something it takes me three weeks to write it the thing is you tend to you tend to want to do things for yourself because I was always very working for myself and that. You don't want people, you want to do things for yourself and you can be a bit stubborn that way. But then again, I suppose making you stubborn is what makes you strong and what, what makes you sort of do these, do things, makes you drive. And I'm a better person as well, I think. I'm more patient. The thing is, when you, when you sort of work for yourself when you're younger, it's like, Oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And nowadays, you know, if I don't get it done, I just say, oh, I haven't done it. So I'm more laid back. And get that's a very, very, very good we can all yeah. take something from it. Uh, I have to organise everything. I have, to, I have big, a big board in the kitchen, I have a diary. If I've got appointments, they, I always make sure they send us a text, so the reminders that there's an appointment before. And everything in my life is organised, because if it's not, if I didn't organise it that way, it would be chaos, because I still forget things. So, um, so everything has to be exact. I know exactly what I'm doing, and I sing in two choirs as well. <laughs> so I don't have a lot of time, really. <laughs> I don't stop. It comes on a Monday to the breakfast, to the evening meals that the Hebron has. And I just got to know him, and uh, and he said, "Will you do some of the some of the meals for it?" And I said, "Yeah, I can do." It's really community yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I say I work in the stroke. I help with the stroke club. I do breakfast in the morning. I do singing two choirs. I work and uh, and I play darts on a Sunday evening as well. Well, not as good as I was. Obviously, the, the hand-eye coordination is difficult because, again, eight years ago, you know, the hand-eye coordination is... But, again, it's, it's just another challenge, another thing to go at. When you, have, when you have problems and you sort of... Your brain doesn't quite work its way. It, you've got to accept that you can be as... You can only be as good as you can be and not good as you used to be. I used to get annoyed when I did things, and I wasn't very good at them. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you, you gauge everything by the standard you were before it happened, and it takes a long time to accept that, you know, it doesn't matter that you're not quite as good as you used to be. You know, don't be as good as you used to be, be as good as you can be. There's a little, there's a little quote I have in the kitchen that says, life doesn't get easier. It only makes you stronger. And that's quite, I quite like that.
They used to do so many different kinds of jobs. I used to be a bingo caller. I was a double glazing salesman. I was a shoe salesman. I worked in supermarkets. I was a butcher when I first left school. And I went in the Royal Navy when I left there. I used to write a lot of, a lot of poetry and a lot of short stories. But obviously all my language was lost. Um, and it was quite weird because when, when it happened, the creative side of my brain went, that was the bit that went more than anything else. So my creative side of writing and poetry and painting and drawing, I used to be a part-time artist as well. And all that went. Because the imagination had gone, the, sort of the creative side had gone. And I'm just sort of trying to get back into it a little bit. Again, you've got to, you've got to, I write it, I first started writing it, I wrote some short stories and I looked at them and I threw them away because I thought, these are rubbish, they're not half as good as they used to be. But you can destroy yourself if you're not, care, if you're not careful. I might try and learn a language maybe next year. Well, it's just something, something different that I haven't done. So I might try and learn a language or something. What kind of music do you sing in the choir? What kind of, um... Well, I, I sing in two choirs, but one sort of, they sing ordinary type songs, and then the one I just started on a Sunday, that's all sort of, you've got to learn how to read music and everything. They're quite highbrow, which is a big challenge. It's another challenge again. But uh, as well, the fact is that um, I can sing in baritone and I can sing in tenor and I can sing alto. So when I sing on the Wednesday, I, excuse me, I have to sing on the baritone because we haven't many baritone, baritones on the Wednesday. But when I go on Sunday, I have to sing a tenor because we haven't many tenors on a Sunday. So I've got to switch from tenor to baritone on the two different ones. I need a third one, then I can be an alto, can I? <laughs> I don't know, are you soup? No, I'm from yeah. yeah. And my dad was the caretaker of Ubuntu School. That's when that when I was. But uh, I moved away obviously in the Navy for quite a while. I still always used to come home. I was on the aircraft carriers. Because I figured when I started in the Royal Navy, I thought, well, what's the ones that go the most? Go the furthest away. And I thought, well, the little minefield would just go around the North Sea and it's a bit. It's a bit wild up there, I don't want to go there. And I go to the aircraft camps, they're the big ones. They go over the waves instead of going up and down the waves. And they're the ones that used to, used to go all over the world. So, and I was a steward, so we used to go on, we used to go things like, we used to do big banquets for the, the mayor of New York and all these sort of things. Because you go on the big flagships, you go to, you take the big ships and sort of, and you, you go out to impress, that's what it's there for. But there's not as many aircraft carriers now, I think they've only got two left now. Because they, they used to have five. So, anyway, I'll, I'll have to go, because I'll have to go and get some of this stuff into, boxed into, ready for Monday. You're alright. If you ever want to chat or online or anything, you can chat. People always, people always say I've got too much to say anyway. <laughs> Just give us a, give us a get the number and just give us a ring and when I'm when I'm not busy on something I'm more than happy to have a talk with you.
What am I doing in Carlo? Um, I live in Carlo now. Um, I, I mostly work online, but uh, I wanted a kind of nice place to live, and I, I've never had a bad time in Carlo. Um, so I've moved here. Been working, been working with the green room um, since June. Um, I'm about to direct my third play for them, and. Um, Slowly, with the help of uh, Phil Hewitson, who we just spoke to, um, we're hoping to kind of revolutionise the arts within Carlisle. We're, we're, we're starting uh, a new development group with um, Stephen Dunn at the council and Poppy Rowan over at The Source. And we are trying to make arts a bit more interconnected, trying to open arts door to everybody and hopefully get a community arts hub out of it in the end. We're, we've reached out to quite a lot of groups, the university, the college. Um, there are, there's definitely going to be a lot. I really want to get students involved. I'm, I'm a massive advocate for, for students. Um, but our kind of plan, our kind of initial plan is to do a sort of fringe style festival. Um, showcasing as many artists in the local area as we possibly can, musicians, visual artists, poets, actors, musicians, dancers, street performers, anyone that we can find, we'll throw them all at the wall, we'll see what sticks. We just need more places for them to be. The old fire station, uh, we're, we're, we're going to be reaching out to and using, um, hopefully, uh, because again, it's a great, it's a fantastic venue um, in that kind of area and we want to kind of use that area. There's also, there's talk about um, the market hall needing new ideas for what can be in the market hall. But yeah, they're trying to think of new ways to, you know, to utilise that space, to bring that space into the modern, you know, it's a heritage space, we want to respect the heritage of it, but we also want to bring it into the 21st century. And I was thinking ideas like um, Glasgow's um, Merchant City, Merchant, Merchant Square, where we, we would take a, a heritage area and we, we make it cosmopolitan. You know, we, we open it up to people with restaurants, bars, these little craft markets, stage, musicians, theatre, pub theatre. There's so much potential here, we just need to kind of just like grip onto it, you know, and, and look at what everyone else is doing and go, well, we can do that. You know, I know, I know right now at the council, I think the words that's really exciting them is um, city of culture, you know, trying to, trying to put Carlisle on the map. You know, creatively. Yeah, there's there's lots of there's lots of great um, there's, there's lots of cafe spaces and there's lots of bar spaces, pub spaces, you know, places that we can actually program theatre or live music in unusual ways. You know, there there are venues there that we can reach out to and use, but I think ideally we want to kind of prove the need to get new venues, new art spaces, new arts hubs for the city. So it's something that um, I'm very keen on doing and with the new group that's been constituted, which is the Carlisle Arts Takeover, that's certainly what we're going to be um, looking at over the next year and a bit. There is an email address, it is carlislearts-takeover at outlook.com and right now we are, we're, we're planning a, a mini showcase event um, for the Arts Council um, and that's going to be at the Source Collective. The date's not been confirmed yet. It will be this year, it'll be this, it'll be this year, I think before Christmas. Um, quite soon, quite a fast turnaround. So we'll be looking for artists, um, anybody really wants to showcase their art to the Arts Council and again show there is a, there is a need to, to get funding, there's a need to get support for the arts, there's a need to get promotion and that's going to get the ball rolling so we can do 
that a bit bigger next year. Now that the sand centre has been sort of closed indefinitely thanks to the back concrete, uh, the green room is now the only theatre within the city centre, the only theatre that's programming um, anything really. It's a, it's a community theatre, it's, it's an Amdram theatre, but it's, it brings in hirings um, and it's also now got the only pantomime within the city centre, so with any luck uh, that'll be a draw, but, but yeah, they're certainly they're trying new ways to interact with audiences. Bigger plays, they had a fantastic um, Sweeney Todd directed by Jason Munn um, during the summer. Um, which again brought in a lot of brought in a lot of audiences because it's you know they know what that is you know, it's, it's a great kind of scary property atmospheric property and they, they teamed up with local um, higher um, high demand um, they teamed up with um, and it, it did it generated a lot of interest in a theatre that I think a lot of people kind of forgot was there or didn't know was accessible to them so what I've been programming we've been doing space radio which is a, a live uh, radio theatre show. It's quite experimental, yeah. So we've been running that since, since June. Uh, we, we've done uh, two in the theatre. We took it also out to Megacon, and we took it to The Wild and the Wall, um, so taking the theatre beyond the theatre to, again, to open it up the idea that we can do experimental theatre and we can bring in new audiences. Uh, it's a sort of bygone um, theatrical storytelling kind of between the 1930s and the 1960s, the idea of the radio play. So we're doing that live with live sound effects, uh, our actors playing, you know, I think six different characters. You know, so it's been sci-fi, there's been kind of comedy. Uh, we did a, a version of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea with robots. We did Buck Rogers and Flash Gordon. There was, a, there was a Superman misadventure uh, last time and coming up for November, which we're really excited about, in fact, this is a scoop for you because it's launching today, we've got a Doctor Who inspired um, radio stage play uh, for November for the, for the anniversary, for the 60th anniversary. So it's going to be uh, kind of fan parodies, fan fiction, some stage reading, uh, dressing up having a good time and, and everybody again coming into the theatre and, and experiencing a night out that's not going to cost you anything, it's just going to cost you your time and, and some laughter hopefully. I'd, I've got a website in the minute, I took it down uh, because there's been all this baller with the AI um, stealing people's work and I, I've been using my website, you know, as a professional writer and producer I, I put a lot of um, of my work on there, and I, so I, I had a friend actually who the work was ran through AI and, and, and replicated. So I took it down, I took my website down, and it's kind of in a kind of midst of a rebrand to make sure that that doesn't happen. But you can you can find me on Instagram, you can find me on Facebook. Um, I think it's at Eden L McIntyre. That's it. I'm not, I'm not a very good self-promoter. I like promoting my work, but I'm not a fantastic social media person. So I think even having my website down at the minute is giving me a bit of um, a breathing room, you know, to actually get some, some more creative work done myself, you know. But yeah, so Space Radio returns on the 24th of November at half six in the Green Room Theatre. Come dressed up, yeah, wear a long scarf, fez. It's going to be brilliant, it's going to be such a great, you know, Phil Hewitson's in it, we've got um, Verity Ramson, Jason Munn, Andrea Bow, and Beth Coxon, all playing various 
time travelling characters? I started out in acting. Um, I wanted to be an actor for a while. Oh, I've, I, I, you know, I, I started to, you know, I, I couldn't be, I like playing characters, I couldn't be like that sort of Disney Channel sort of kids, you know, the, you know, the, the hyperactive, hey guys, you know, I could never be that, like, you know. I, I like speaking about, you know, serious work, you know, serious work. No, I, I, I kind of went backwards and I, I kind of, I went into writing at, at university. I, I, I really, I think I had always wanted to be a writer. You know, I, I can't do anything else that's useful, just just writing and art, really. Um, so, I did, so I did that at, at, at uni and I did a master's um, in TV writing, um, which kind of gave me qualifications to be a, to become a script editor and consultant for, for, for telly. Um, the music, the music's such a kind of weird, no, sidebar, it's it kind of floated in and out of my life. You know, I, I enjoy playing it, I've played in some really strange places and under some really strange names because again, it's like, there's no point promoting me, I don't care, you know, I'll just turn up. I, I was actually, I was in Japan um, last year and I accidentally started a Japanese-Scottish fusion band. Um, it, it was crazy because none of us could speak the same language, but you know, it, it, it still happened and people enjoyed it. So, so that happened. Yeah, it, it's, it's just sort of always been, been there as something that I, I use as a nice outlet, you know. Come to um, church halls and sing Johnny Cash. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I met um, I met Paul first actually at the Wild on the Wall during the yeah, it was, it was, it was this character wandering, wandering in, in from the, the horizon. You know, big big backpack on. wasn't He wasn't camping or anything. He just had all his camp gear, um, and he, he shared the car backwards and forwards with us uh, for the three days that we did the theatre show, and uh, we kind of just got to know Paul and all his quirks over the car journey. I'm all for you know local artists and you know especially in Scotland where we don't have a massive media outlet. We don't. We don't. We, you know we've got BBC Scotland. We've got some indies here and there. So really, having Edinburgh become a sort of venue for a time when should be beneficial for the Scottish performance, but it's not. It becomes. London North, yeah, it becomes London North for, for, I don't even think it becomes necessarily an international festival anymore, I think it just becomes the South Rising, and it's, it's, you know, it's a shame, it's a shame because there's a lot of artists who really need the support in Scotland, again, it's like what I'm saying in Carlisle, they really need the support, they really need the funding, they need the promotion, they need the base, they need the venues, versus the South London, they don't, they've got it. You know, I think there are more self-made people sitting around in Glasgow, sitting around in Edinburgh, sitting around Carlisle than there could ever be sitting down south. Well, it's wonderful, you know, I, you know, I, I, I was raised in Glasgow, I, you know, I, I've, I've come from that art scene, I love how interconnected it is and, and it's what I look at Carlisle and go, well, we've got all these fantastic artists everywhere, let's connect them, let's, let's you know, knock down the, the, you know, the, the walls and let's have these events where people can, can work together. I've got a big brand new university moving into the city. You would hope that they, they would programme some arts courses. We need it. This is, this is an artistic city. It's a, it's a historical city. It's, it's a communal city. It's, it's got potential. It's got everything. You know, it's such a lovely place to live. Um, 
But you know, that, that, that's what Phil and I are hoping to do with with the, the Carlisle Arts takeover. You know, we, we want to give opportunities to local artists. We want to open up venues. Um, Poppy as well, of course, working over at the Source. Um, you know, she's already doing that. You know, and it's 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 the end goal. It's the end goal. We we, we give students. The opportunity to, to do something within this city. They don't have to go back down to London for it. Let's give them something to do here. Let's give local artists and local talent, local musicians, let's give them a place to record. Let's give them a place to flourish. We've got the space. We just need to convince the people who have the space to give us the space. Email Mark or I on wearecuriouscumbria at gmail.com. You can email the Gilcruise and District Social Fund on gilcruisesocialfund at gmail.com. To make free trips for the over 60s possible, Gilcruise and District Social Fund organise some fundraising events throughout the year, but are also looking for sponsorship from individuals, businesses and organisations. Do get in touch to find out more. The community event in Carlisle was at St James's Parish Centre, www.stjamescarlisle.org.uk The address for the Carlisle Stroke Club and contact names and telephone number can be found online via the Charities Commission website. For younger stroke survivors and family members, the address is differentstrokes.co.uk forward slash groups forward slash carlisle dash support dash group forward slash Phil Hewitson has a website at Tolivar, that's T-O-L-I-V-A-R, tolivarproductions.com, where you can find out more about his small production company, Tolivar Productions. Speakeasy, an event hosted by Phil at the Source Collective, is on Wednesday the 25th of October from 7.30pm, doors at 7pm. Says Phil, there's magic in the air, that or it's just the autumnal change in the weather. If you're looking for spellbinding words, encrypted messages, or whether you'd just like to share some poetry words, spoken or sung, maybe a story here and there, a song or two, music, maybe more, or if you'd like to come along but prefer just to listen, then this might be the place for you. The address for The Source Collective is thesourcecollective.wixsite.com forward slash website. Now, Eden Luke McIntyre is a Scottish writer, editor and script consultant with an MA in TV fiction writing. He writes content for TV, radio, stage and, on, and online and was appointed as a BBC Writers Room Scottish Voice in early 2020. Find out more on Eden's LinkedIn if that's what floats your boat or better still, come and see Space Radio's production Who? A fan celebration at Carlisle Green Rooms West Walls Theatre. This is a special event celebrating 60 years of time and space. Join the space radio crew for a fan performance starring everyone's favourite cult British time traveller. Marvel, as our talented cast portray multiple incarnations of the beloved Time Lord, masterful villains and daring assistants, and enjoy timeless tales spanning 1963 to the present. Who is... Presented on the 24th of November this year, 6.30pm to 9.30pm at West Walls Theatre, Carlisle, CA38UB. Find out more at carlislegreenroom.uk. 
please email Luke and team at carlislearttakeover at outlook.com to find out more about the mini showcase event for the Arts Council that will take place sometime soon before Christmas. We'll be back soon and our next podcast will take us back to our history lessons again on the local parish. We haven't quite decided what it's going to be yet, but (laughs) hey-ho.